Is it not my presence? Is it not my peace? For my word declares that the peace of God that transcends all understanding shall guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. For I say to you, do not look upon your circumstance, do not look upon your situation, do not look upon the natural, but see with your spirit. Hear what it is that I would say to you this morning, this day, and each and every day. For that is where my peace is. That is where my rest is. Come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find what rest for your souls. And that is my word to you this day, my people, rest and peace peace and rest rest and peace peace and rest that only comes as you focus on me not on your circumstance not on your situations not be like the disciples who were in the boat when the storm came and they came and woke me and they said master we perish and I simply spoke a word to the atmosphere and I said peace and that same peace is yours so do not be driven by the waves of your circumstance, by the unrest of your situation, but be led by my peace. For my peace will always be where my spirit is, and my spirit is where I reside. And I say to you even this day that I reside in you. So rest in my peace. Father, we thank you and we give you praise this morning. Thank you for your peace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, for your peace that not only brings calm and resolve, Lord God, but for your peace that brings wholeness, that brings healing, that brings unity. Thank you for your peace this morning. But Lord, we thank you as we come before you as a people that you give us to understand, hallelujah, that you give us peace. Lord God, and not only do we walk in this peace, but we understand, Lord God, that we must be a people also of war to maintain the peace. Hallelujah. And Father, we just thank you that today victory is ours, blessing is ours, deliverance is ours, healing is ours. Lord, and we fight from the place of victory today. Thank you for what you've already done and what you continue to do, Lord. Hallelujah, God. And as we come before you, we lift up our unsaved loved ones. Believing you, believing you, God, to save them, heal, and deliver them in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord, as you immobilize and you empower us to witness, to win souls, to go out there, to share your word. Hallelujah, Lord, as we share your word with others, touch our unsaved loved ones. Draw them by your spirit, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. 
Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you for the souls, Lord God, you're sending and you're drawn. Those coming from the north and the south, the east and the west. Thank you, Lord, for continued growth in this place, oh God. Hallelujah. We praise you and we bless you, oh God, as we lift up every chaplain, every FRC and IAC chaplain in the name of Jesus. We pray for the EACM, Lord God, for every church and parachurch. Hallelujah. Ministry and ministry gift. We lift it up before you, God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We pray for our leaders, for Apostle C and Sister C. We lift them up, oh God. We pray for Pastor Gardner and Sister Gardner this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We pray for them and their strength, Lord God. Hallelujah for their encouragement today. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We lift up our leaders in this house, Lord. Thank you for our bishop, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for how you're blessing him. You're touching him now. Thank you for how you're strengthening his body. We praise you, Lord. We bless you for the man of God. Hallelujah. Lord, and we thank you that he's not only recuperating, but how you're making him better than ever. Yes, yes, you are, God. You're preparing him for what's coming. Thank you, Lord, for building him up in the faith and even on his most holy faith. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for our pastor, Dr. Shem. We lift her up before you. Come on, lift your voices now. Lord, hallelujah, have your way in her today. Strengthen and fortify her. Energize her. Empower her, Lord God, to speak today with hallelujah conviction with authority and grace Lord thank you for your grace on her life thank you for more grace in the name of Jesus thank you for this house Lord as you continue to take us higher as we continue to ascend Lord have your way yes Lord that's the cry of our hearts today have your way yes Holy Spirit we yield the right away to you and we call I out have your way. Lord, thank you for your word of all so. Oh my God, thank you. Oh, we praise you. In spite of our feelings, in spite of the circumstance, in spite of the situation, we cry, have your way. Not being moved by what we see, not being moved by what we feel, not being moved by the bad report. We will believe the report of the Lord.
who we are. That's what we do. Thank you, Jesus. God, we give you glory this morning. Glory. Glory. your moment during the service to kick back and let your mind wander. Focus. 
Jesus. These are awesome times to be alive. These are awesome times to gather in the house of the Lord. So many people have been telling me lately, well, I don't know if I believe in church anymore. Then you don't believe in who you are in Christ because you're the church. Amen. Say, my identity, my choice. God gave me that for this word. I think because he's so sick of hearing people say, my body, my choice. It is not our choice, really. Once we come to him, he's Lord, he's master, he's owner. Hallelujah. And how many of you are so thankful because we don't do such a good job on our own? I know I don't. I mess up all the time. But I thank God for him. Listen to this. There's a story that, true story, years ago this happened on a transatlantic flight traveling to the U.S. from Europe. And this guy had saved and saved and saved his money. Every extra penny. And finally he had gotten enough money to purchase a ticket aboard a cruise ship and the trip at the time required two to three weeks to cross the ocean he went out he bought a suitcase and filled it full of cheese and crackers because that's all he could afford and once on board all the other passengers went to this large ornate dining room to eat their meals and meanwhile the poor guy would go over in the corner and eat his cheese and crackers. This went on day after day. And he could smell delicious food served in the dining room. And he heard the other passengers talking about it as they rubbed their bellies and complained how full they were, how they'd have to go on a diet after this trip. The poor traveler, he just wanted to join them, but he didn't have extra money. So sometimes he'd lie awake at night dreaming of these meals. So near the end of the trip, a guy came up to him and said, Sir, I can't help but notice you're always eating over there those cheese and crackers when we're eating meals. So the guy just kind of looked embarrassed. He says, Well, to tell you the truth, I have only enough money to buy a ticket. I don't have extra money to purchase the meals. The other passenger looked at him with his eyebrows in surprise and he shook his head. He said, sir, don't you realize the meals were included in the price of your ticket? Your meals have already been paid for. How many times do we miss out on what God has for us because we don't know our identity? We don't know who we are in him. How many times do we put up with the enemy's badgering and intimidation because we just don't know that we're already paid passengers? How many of you are already getting this this morning? Say, I ain't going to miss out no more. Say, I ain't going to miss out no more. I know my identity. I know whose I am 
Say, I know whose I am. Man, y'all better wake up. I'm going to badger you this morning. Say, I know whose I am. See, live stream people, you don't get badgered because I can't tell if you're saying that. But it's true. Whose are we? Not who am I. How many of you ever known people that go by and go, do you know who I am? And you're like, I don't give a flip who you are. <laughs> right? But do we know whose we are? Who do we belong to? Perfect example this morning. Because God's speaking to me this week again about who we are. See, a lot of us, we need this kick because we got to find out what our choices we've been making about whose we are. We got to get to know that we're paid passengers the minute we say yes to Jesus. How many of you have said yes to Jesus? Well, get ready because the ride is a little bumpy. Anybody told you that when you got saved, it was tiptoe through the tulips? They lied to you. And you can get them later. We have a choice to make. We got to choose. See, did you hear the prophetic word of the Lord? Can you sense my presence? When we're sons and daughters, we know his presence. Hello. When we're sons and daughters, we know when dad's in the room. I knew when my dad was in the room. I knew when I was in trouble. I knew when he was pleased. Hello? And then comes the peace, the rest. We choose. Look at your neighbor say, you got to choose who your daddy is. Yeah. Who's your daddy? I've had people say to me, I don't know my father. I never knew my father. Oh, yeah, that don't matter because he is your father. When he gets in there and he's the father and he takes over, it really begins to just work itself out. He's been a father like I never had. Well, Dr. Cheryl, you know, your father was probably wonderful. My father was an alcoholic. Bam. My father made it so that we had to tiptoe on eggshells around the house. <laughs> but then I met my father. In Genesis 3, and I don't want you to go there yet, because we'd have to read 12 verses. In Genesis 3, we see Adam and Eve, and I called it the great exchange. Because the enemy designed a temptation, not just so they would sin, 
Listen, I want you to get your mind off of sin, go beyond sin to the result. Okay? So the enemy creates this tree thing and he gets them to a place where they were willing to exchange their father for another father. So their father became the devil because he's the one that lorded over them after that. Right? So far, so good? Okay. You'd sit and you'd think, because of course we're reading this after the fact, and so we sit and we think, what idiot would trade God for the devil? Now look at your neighbor and say, we do it all the time. Oh, they traded their oneness. Man, they were walking in oneness with their father in the garden day after day. And all it took was the temptation to create a religious framework. I want you to see where religion comes in. Because once they said yes to the devil, it became a religious thing. And they only could please the devil through performance. Because now they knew good and they knew evil. God does not want you to perform anything. Your heavenly father just wants you to be in relationship with him and that will lead you and guide you through the Holy Spirit he don't expect you to perform for him are you getting this their father the devil became a religious framework that is performance driven How many of you know people that are religious and their whole walk with God is based on what they do and what they don't do? And their whole structure is based on they're judged bad if they do bad and they're judged good if they do good. That's what happens when your daddy's the devil. Well, Dr. Cheryl, aren't we supposed to do good all the time? We're supposed to be in relationship. So we don't want to do bad. Hello? You don't think about the way kids respond. And we don't even think about what we're saying. How many of you as kids were told you're bad because you did a bad thing? Bad things that you do don't make you a bad person. They just make you needing a relationship with the Father. Yeah. 
When you do good things, that's not what makes you a good person. Because the world's got a lot of people who do good things. They're good people. But how many of you know there's going to be a lot of good people in hell? Because we do good because we got relationship with the Father through the Holy Ghost. Can you see why you need this Holy Ghost? Lift your hands up in the air. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me fresh. Every day, every day, he gives you ideas. He gives you insight. He puts uh, resources where there were no resources. He makes doors open that you couldn't get open. He shuts doors that he don't want you to go through anyway. Our identity in God is not a bunch of religious do's and don'ts. I know, I grew up in my early years as a Christian in a church that handed me literally a sheet of paper on membership and it said do's and a whole list of them and then it said don'ts and a whole list of them. And I thought, I was so overwhelmed. I thought, I can't do this and I can't don't do this. How many of you thank God for relationship? Relationship. Relationship. Jesus, we want relationship. Come on, lift your hands. Tell him, Jesus, I want relationship. Say, I need that Holy Spirit. I got to be prodded by the Holy Ghost. Our relationship with God is what makes up our identity. Listen to me, because this is key. Sin is real. Look at your neighbor say, sin is real. Say, we sin. Say, we sin. You don't have to pretend like you can't admit it. <laughs> we sin. But... The key is right here. Sin is real. But we need to focus less on the right and wrong based on a bunch of religious junk and need to focus more on relationship with God. We become so sin-focused. Forget it. Say, God, I can't help myself because I'm flesh. I'm a sinner. But God, out of relationship, you're going to lead me and guide me. Okay, so like I'm in the parking lot yesterday with my little grandbaby. And my daughter was trying to get stuff in her car. And he's like, eh, and running all over. Okay. So I grab him. I said, no, no. I said, you can't run in front of cars and all that. And so he walked over to the cart. And he just put his little hands on the cart. And he stood there and looked at me. I said, good job, buddy. Good job. And he went just like this. He smiled real big and he started to clap for himself. I didn't say, bad boy. I didn't say, 
good boy. I said, good job, buddy. Are you getting this? Every time you do something awesome out of relationship with God, he's looking at you going, good job. Good job. Every time you do something that ain't so great, he's looking at you going, well, let's go over here and put your hands on the cart. You with me? Relationship. We have to make that choice, though. We have to make a choice for unity. We got to be one with him first. You know, it's a joke when I hear speakers or somebody talking about, we have to unite. We got to be one. Never in the, never in the world are we going to be one unless we all get on the same page with Jesus Christ. <laughs> never, never in the whole universe are we going to be one and united until we're one with him. Yes? Now, that's not impossible. Don't walk around going, oh, that's impossible. No, it's not. That's why we pray. That's why we intercede. That's why we push through. Because yes, it is possible. He is in control. All things are possible. Look with me at Luke chapter 19. Verse 9 and 10. Yeshua said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. He's talking to Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house. And as much as this man too is a son of Abraham, Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. Now, we look at that scripture, and right away we're thinking he's talking about lost souls, right? Jesus came for lost souls. But I want to just suggest to you a, just a different twist on the exegesis here. Because if we look again at the real Hebrew, that's really not what it meant. Our Western translation's good. But what is God talking about here? He says... Your identity, Zacchaeus, today was restored because you are the son of Abraham who was the son to Jesus, to God. Are you with me? He says, today, you're one of us because your identity just got wrapped up in the Father. He said, I have come to seek that which was lost. What is that which? What is that what? What was God seeking to restore that was lost? Not just souls. Identity. He says, I'm going to restore who you are through relationship with the Father. And it's coming through the Son. You see, Jesus was telling him, Zacchaeus, I haven't even gone anywhere yet. This is Jesus showing us identity in the, in the scriptures before he even died. Are you getting this? Because that excited me. He knew where he was headed. He knew what he had to give up to go on. But he is saying, this is what's happening today, even before I do it all. 
Today, Zacchaeus, your identity's been restored. Today, Zacchaeus, your identity is not lost any longer because you have become a son of the Father. I mean, how in control is God? Jesus came to save our identities because we lost them. We changed fathers. We made a great exchange in the garden. I've had people say to me, man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to let Adam and Eve have it. I said, no bother. I said, we'd have screwed up long after Adam and Eve. Right? Because, see, God is saying, I'm restoring identities. I'm making you sons and daughters of the Most High God. All you got to do is say, yes, Lord, change my identity. Do you think it not strange today that in this world, in our generations, in this lifetime, what is one of the biggest struggles people are having? Their identity. Hello? People don't know whether to be men, women, boys, girls. We don't know what we should be, what we should do. Why? Because we got to get into relationship with the Father. Well, I'm so glad you're cheering because that means that it's that important to all of us that we get out there and share the gospel so that people know who they are. It's so important that we can set aside a couple hours on a Saturday and get out there and evangelize. And if that's not working, then every day of your life, evangelize. Because people got to know who God is. We got to make a great exchange. <laughs> I don't want the devil as my father. God, I need a relationship with you. It's not about tapping somebody on the shoulder and saying, Hey, do you know Jesus? Pray this prayer with me. Amen. That is so not it. Sometimes I just go up to people and I say, Hey, I have an answer if you need some direction in your life or you're going through something. And they'll go, really? And I'll go, yeah, his name's Jesus. And if you're interested, you know, here, here's their card. Give me a call. And it's that card that says thanks. And it's the blue and white one, and it gives them the church name and the church phone number. And people call. See, I don't care if I do it right on the spot. Because I know God is so into timing that he can make, they could be going through something and think, hey, I got that card. I'm going to call. You know, Bishop and I have gotten to a place in life where we try to set aside a little amount of money every month that we can just give away. And we're having so much fun doing it. So like yesterday, he said, you got to give this away before next month because... You know, we got to get a new pile to give away. I said, okay. So I went out yesterday, and we're driving around together, and he goes, I got this last pack. And I said, okay, let's drive around, and we'll find somebody. Now, 
I knew it was effective. You know why? Because the enemy is going, you just can't stop people like that. You know, what if they complain to the uh, authorities? And I'm like, oh, wow, you're really upset about this, ain't you, devil? So we're driving around, and finally we see this little elderly lady. And she's just got her little basket, and she's pulling it, going wherever she was going. And I looked at him, and I said, right there. We pulled up next to her. And he, had, he held the money out the window. He goes, ma'am, I just want to give you something. So she kind of looks at us like, you two are weird, and I don't know if I should come near the car. And I don't blame her. But she does. She comes a little bit near, and she sees it, and she smiles really big. She goes, me? He goes, yep, and read the card. He didn't say, let me pray with you. Let me lay hands on your head. Let me talk. He just said, read the card. She goes, well, I will. <laughs> sure you will. <laughs> Saints, we got to get creative and, and, and find incentives. She took it. She got this big smile on her face, and she goes, oh, my God. She goes, I needed this. And we said, have a blessed day. It's not about us. It's just getting the identity out there of who we really are. Are you with me? Doesn't take a lot. Look with me at Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7. But when the appointed time arrived, God sent forth his son. Say, the appointed time. That means he was not late. That means he was not early. Okay. He was born from a woman, born into a culture in which legalistic perversion of the Torah was the norm. See the original Hebrew? Born into a time. Please go back there. Yeah. Born into a culture in which legalistic perversion of the Bible was the norm. Are we any different today? So Jesus was born into the same culture. Okay, watch. So that he might redeem, redeem, redeem. Remember we talked about this last week? Uh-oh. She's going to make me remember stuff. So that he might redeem those in subjection to this legalism. I want to be redeemed of legalism. How many of you think you might have a little legalism left in there somewhere? I know it. Just raise your hand and wave at me. Stop playing. We got to get redeemed. And thus enable us, look at this, to be made God's sons, God's daughters. Is that awesome? He's redeeming us. He's saying, I don't want you subject to do's and don'ts. I want relationship. And that'll give you a new identity in me. You choose. I choose. Say, I choose. I choose relationship with God. Look at verse 6. Now, because we're sons and daughters, God sent forth into our hearts the Spirit. Holy Spirit of his son, 
Thank you, Jesus. The spirit who cries out, Abba, dear Father. Look at this. So through God, you're no longer a slave. You're no longer a legalistic mess. <laughs> but a son or a daughter. And if you're a son or a daughter, you're an heir. Thank you, Jesus. That's your identity. You're an heir. You're a son. You're a daughter, a father. You got the Holy Spirit. That means when you want to smack somebody, Holy Spirit, hold me back. <laughs> that means when somebody does you wrong, somewhere in there, you're going to find the forgiveness because of the Holy Spirit in you. That means you're not going to get all ugly toward your mate or your kid because they wronged you or they don't get it. You're going to say, okay, you're going to take a big deep breath. I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to kill him. And you're going to say, okay, Jesus. When your identity is in the Father. Are you getting it? It's an everyday process. Every day work at getting back in oneness, unity first with him. We're never going to have unity amongst even the church. I've been studying this because uh, I just, there's a great book out right now, Francis Chan's new book called Unity. And everything he's talking about, man, if you read this book, you just want to go in your prayer closet and repent for a month. <laughs> because he's getting on the church. See, church, we can't be in unity out there. We can't be in unity right now in here, so how are we going to be out there? <laughs> you with me? We all got to get on the same page. Say, our father is the same father. <laughs> so he does things different than our our uh, other father that we hate. <laughs> I don't want that father. Say, I'm trading. I'm trading. Say, I'm trading. I want that father. The up, the up father. <laughs> Are you with me? He says, when you're a son or a daughter, I restore your identity because you're trusting in me. He says, when you put your trust in Jesus, now this is awesome. He says, then you're fulfilling the Father's intentions from the beginning. Are you with me? God's intention, and just jot this down so you can study it later. John 14, 23, and John 14, 16 through 18. Jot it down, but the key is you become like the Father instead of being like the other Father. How many, how many, come on, talk, talk to me. How many of you know people that call themselves Christians and act like their other Father? You know what I'm talking about. And you just, you don't even have to be unsaved. Saved, you stand back and go, 
Something ain't right here. <laughs> Something's real wrong. Because they say they're a Christian, but I don't think they should act like that. Are you hearing me? Look at Colossians 1.27. To them, to them, who's them? All of us. God wanted to make known how great among the Gentiles is the glorious richness of this secret. What's the secret? That we've done the great exchange. This is our father. Look at verse, look at the rest of 20. And the secret is this. Here it is. The Messiah is united with you people. The Messiah is in oneness with us. And that rests, in that, in that, in that rests our hope of glory. In that is where we find our rest. You get your rest and your peace. Did you hear Pastor Simon's prophetic word? You get your rest and your peace when you're in oneness with your Father. You getting this? That means all hell could break loose around you. But you got this rest in peace. That's the secret. That's your secret. You could even use that to evangelize. Tell people, hey, you know what? I got a secret. And they're going to look at you like, so? Yeah, but you'll want to know this secret. You'll want to know this secret. Everybody wants to know a secret. The minute you say, don't tell, everybody's telling anyway. When my kids were little, and I'd get ready to do a surprise or something, one would send the other one. Mom, what's a surprise for, for Jenna? Mom, what's a surprise for Bree? I said, I'm not going to tell you. They go, why, Mom? You're going to tell anyway. <laughs> See, I couldn't stand. and I, I wanted a surprise. I wanted them to know. When you got a secret, you want people to know. That's the secret. You're united with Messiah. What could be more awesome to live every day of your life in unity with the Messiah? Wow, that just blesses me. When we are really followers of Jesus, look with me at Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and exist. In him, in him, not on our own. Indeed, as some of the poets among you have said, look at this, we're actually his kids. Look at your neighbors say, I'm his kid. I'm his kid. Some of you, how many of you got kids? Your kids look like you. You can't deny it. Some kids, I look at them and say, man, your parents can't deny your birthright. They're like living, breathing images. Now, we got two girls. The oldest, I could never say that is not my child. She looks like me. 
And the other one, she's sitting right over there. You can't say, everybody calls her Baby Jerry. <laughs> you can't deny it. She is definitely Episcopal. You hear what I'm saying? I look at my grandson sitting there. My son-in-law could never say, that ain't my kid. That kid looks like his father. Do you look like your father? When your identity is wrapped up in the father, you start looking like you. People go, man, what do you got? Because I need that. That's what happens when you're a follower of Jesus. You start smelling like him, looking like him, acting like him. People think, wow, I need this Jesus in my life. Yes, you do. Look at 1 John 4, 15 through 17. If someone acknowledges that Yeshua is the Son of God, God remains united with him. Now that's pretty plain, right? People will say to you, are you telling me that, uh, you know, I got to believe in Jesus? Uh, yeah, that's what the Bible says. It says when you acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, then God remains united with you and you with God. And also we have come to know and trust, come to know and trust, 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 trust. We got to get our trust amped up. Trust the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who remain in this love remain united with God. And God remains united with them. Here is how love has been brought to maturity with us. As the Messiah is, so are we in the world. This gives us confidence for the day of judgment. See, when you read the Hebrew, you need to all get the uh, complete Jewish Bible. It's awesome. That tells it all right there. Your job. When you come to Christ and he's father, your job is to live in love, 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 love. Oh, well, I'll love, but it, you know, only when I'm okay with what's going on. Wrong answer. You're to love when everything around you is falling apart. You're to love when someone hurts you and wounds you and it's someone you trust. Love, love. When someone says a sharp cutting thing, you're supposed to love back, not find a sharp cutting thing you can say back. Hello. And that, did you pay attention to what that said? That says that's how we'll know that you're mature. Oh. So that tells me we got a lot of baby stuff running around. <laughs> you're mature. When you can love. You're mature when they see love come out of you. Yeah, you know, I was working with a couple this past week, and um, I said, I want you two to begin to say kind things to one another. And they both looked at me like, Have you lost your mind? <laughs> so I kind of giggled and I said, I want you two to say kind things to one another. 
practice. When we practice something, we become good at it. Hello? Well, how can I say something I don't mean? Because God doesn't care about what you mean. God doesn't care about all that junk. Just do it. So they called me. You know, Dr. Cheryl, that works. What a shocker. What a shocker. Right here. You'll know you're mature when you love. 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 And don't get on yourself. Don't get upset with yourself. Just say, God, forgive me. I got to do better. I'll do better. I'll do better. And you will. That's the process. That's the maturing. Listen, you want to talk about being in unity. Listen to this. Powerful. They walked in tandem, 92 students, filing into the crowded auditorium. Their gowns flowing and caps looking almost as grown up as they felt. Dad swallowed hard. Moms brushed away tears. This class would not pray during the commencements, not by choice, but because of a recent court ruling prohibiting prayer. It's a true story. So the principal and a lot of the students were careful to stay within those guidelines. They gave inspirational, challenging speeches, but no one mentioned divine providence. No one asked for the blessing on the graduates or their families. Speeches were nice, but they were routine because they couldn't mention God. Finally, the final speech received a standing ovation and one solitary student walked proudly to the microphone. He stood still and silent for just a moment. And then it happened. All 92 students, every single one of them, suddenly sneezed. The student on stage simply looked at the audience and said, God bless you and walked off the stage. The audience exploded in applause. This graduating class had found a unique way to invoke God's blessing on their future without the court's approval. Unity, unity, oneness. You get what I'm saying? True story at the University of Maryland. Awesome. How creative can we get with the gospel? How about when you go out, people don't even have to sneeze, just say, God bless you. I was in a store the other day, and I was walking away from the counter. I said, God bless you. Have an awesome day. She goes, well, God bless you too. I said, thanks. I need it. Saints, it doesn't take brain surgery. If you can, real quick, pull out your ID. Driver's license, anything you use is ID. Pull it out, and if, you, if it's too much trouble to yank it out of your wallet, just open your wallet and stare at it. Look at your ID. What does ID stand for? Identification. Referring to your identity, correct? 
And if you look at this, you can find out your name, your address. You can find out the color of your eyes. Uh, they used to have your weight on there and all this information. You can find out even a picture of you, right? So on your ID, we see everything about you on the outside. You with me? You see, your ID with God is all about your inside. And when you carry around your ID with oneness with the Father, the way people know it, you don't pull it out of your pocket. You pull it out of your heart. And it's love. You getting this? You carry around an ID as a Christian. It's how you act. How you act toward not strangers only. People you live with that you love, that sometimes you don't love. <laughs> sometimes you want to kill. That's ID coming out. But the truth is, God is uh, one with us, and we're his kids. How many of you are so glad he doesn't say, I'm just going to kill you? I'm just going to smack you down. How many of you are so glad he doesn't do that to us? He just says, okay, do, you're going to do better next time. Thank you, Jesus. We're one with him. He raises us. You see, when I look at your ID, I don't know where you came from. I don't know what your family was like. I don't know who you live with. But when I look at your spiritual ID, I know where you're coming from. Isn't that true? Thank you, God. We have to pursue, pursue, pursue living in this identity, restored oneness with God. In fact, the Bible talks about it this way. The Bible says that we are conformed to his image. Conformed transformed right we become like him we start looking like him and that's all done on the inside see it doesn't matter what color you dye your hair that doesn't make you look more like Jesus it doesn't matter if you cut all your hair off it doesn't make you look more like Jesus it doesn't matter if ladies you paint the barn it doesn't make you look more like Jesus. Right? Somebody said that to me yesterday. They said, I think women should never wear makeup because we are not created with makeup on. I said two things. I said in the womb that had been pretty messy. And I said and the other thing is if the barn needs painting, paint it. Are you with me? But that doesn't, none of that makes me look more like Jesus. But when I start getting before him and I'm crying out to him and I'm telling him my frustrations and I'm unloading everything on him and praising him and thanking him and worshiping him, that makes me more like Jesus. 
relationship, time with him, get alone. Look with me in closing at Colossians 3, 1, 2, and 3. If you were raised along with Messiah. Now, I know this tends in your mind to think raised, like you go upward in the air. But I want you to take a little bit different approach for a minute. If you were raised, you spent all your developing years being developed with Messiah. You with me? Then seek things above. That makes sense. Where Messiah is sitting at the right hand of God. If you know Jesus and you've been on this progressive journey with him, then you're going to seek things above, not junk beneath. And it says focus. Say focus. 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 Your mind's on things above because the enemy's right there. The father uh, devil, he's right there to pull you off focus. Look at this. Oh, you're going to take that? And look what they said to you. And look what they did. And aren't you heard? That sounds like the devil to me. He says, focus. Not things here on earth. Not things that irritate you and drive you crazy. Not things that are around you just to pull you down. Now look at this. For you have died. You have died. Paul said it this way, I die daily. How many of you feel like sometimes you're dying daily? Dying daily. And your life, look at this, is hidden with Messiah and God. So when you're facing trouble, storms, irritations, just junk to pull you down. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I'm hidden. Hide me, Jesus. Hide me right now. Hide me, Jesus. Hide me. Hide me with you. And he will. I promise. I want my life hidden with him. The only place you find that hidden thing is when you are in relationship and you're in that little secret place with him and he's talking to you and he's calming you down and he's giving you other alternatives and he's showing you truth and he's telling you this and that comes from being in that little hidden secret place. How many of you are getting this? What did Jesus come to seek and save that was lost? Our identity. He said, I'm going to save your identity. I'm going to make you right with the Father again because Adam and Eve blew it. But don't worry about them. I'm taking care of them too. I just want you to focus on things above. How many of you thank God? We choose that. Every day you choose life with him. Watch this final clip. I know we're a couple minutes late here, but watch this. It's from that movie. It was pretty funny, Identity Thief. If you saw it, it was kind of cute, but watch this. The arresting officer ran your license through the NCIC. You were booked for felony assault two weeks ago in Florida. What? No, I wasn't. What are you talking about? 
I've never been to Florida. You've never been to Florida? No, sir. I've, this whole morning... Well, hang on a second. Was it Winter Park, Florida? See, that's good. That's good. We're dropping the whole it's been a mistake thing. No, no, no. I got it now. Listen, I got a problem. The problem is, Mr. Patterson, is that you missed your court date three days ago in Florida. Officer, let me just explain. And the judge has issued a warrant for your arrest. Uh, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and ship you back down to Florida. Sir? You can work on your tent. Yeah, listen, you're not listening. Sit down. Sorry, there's a person that has my same name that is doing things in Florida. This guy is making uh, salon appointments. He's buying uh, beach equipment. My, he's maxing out my credit card. Are you Sandy Bigelow Patterson, born May 18th, 1974? That's that me. is you, correct? Yeah, that's it, but it's, it's not me doing this stuff. It's, I've never even been to the state. I'm here with you guys. I'm in Colorado. How can I be in Florida? Call Winter Park PD. Pull a mugshot. Okay, uncuff him. Uncuff me, oh, that's great. Can I see? Whoa. Yeah. Was that a woman? If I had to guess, it's the woman that stole your identity. Obviously taking advantage of the fact that you have a female name. Oh, it's not female, it's uh, unisex. When you say stole my identity, do you mean credit card fraud? Oh, no, no, it's a lot worse than that. See, what happens is they get a hold of your name, your birthday, social security, and then they run up debt. Get arrested, commit crimes as you. What do you do now? You go down, you go get her? Oh, no. No, no, see, we don't go get anyone. Let me walk you out. See, we're Denver, PD. All we do is open and close the case. Now, if she buys something on Amazon, then Seattle PD would investigate. Your mobile company's in Ohio, then Cleveland PD handles that. Then so on and so forth for every single day. Well, hang on. How, how long does all this take? About six months to a year. A year? Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and just leave your contact information with this gentleman here. You might want to hold on to this mugshot in case you may need it. Great. Okay, listen, I I'm going to need this solved a whole lot quicker than a year, okay, Detective. Listen, I understand that this is really frustrating for you, but our percentage rate in solving these cases is pretty high. Yeah? How many? About 5 to 10 percent. That's garbage. We'll be in touch with you, Sandy. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a great movie. How many of you hear what I'm saying? That's the devil. Oh, yeah, we just open a case and shut a case. They don't go after truth. You have to be the one to protect your identity. Go after truth with the Father. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands this morning. Father, we want our identity in you. Holy Spirit, fill us fresh. And I ask, Father, right now for that gift of repentance. Fall on this place. Fall on the live stream, folks. God, that we would see where we've relied on ourselves. We've done things the way that the enemy would do them instead of the way our Heavenly Father would do them. Forgive us, God. Forgive us for not taking the high road. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. You took the high road. It cost. Father, it costs us to shut our mouths when we want to say the wrong things. It costs us when we got to lay ourselves down and our hurts and our wounds in order to just love that other person. 
it costs us. It's the high road. Father, I pray this morning that we would understand what it is to be one with the Heavenly Father. That we don't want to make no more exchanges. We just want you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are working this process out in our lives. Father, the more we know, the better we do. The more we understand the process, the more we keep pursuing relationship with you. Forgive us for when we've set you aside and not focused. Forgive us when we didn't understand stuff and we just made judgments and we made decisions and we just accepted when we should have been on our face with you. Wash us this morning. Give us a new slate, fresh and clean. And Father, make us one with you. We choose identity to be with you to be in you so that when people see us God all they see is Jesus help us God help us to die every day help us to die every day until all that's left is your love, your love, your love, your love, no matter what. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to thank him for the work he's doing in your life. This isn't to make you feel bad. This is to show you the beautiful conviction of the Holy Spirit right now. This isn't to make you feel shame or guilt. That's nothing but that lousy devil. Receive the love this morning of the Father. Receive the acceptance. Receive your forgiveness. And just press on. Because he's such a good God. close the service but if you need prayer for absolutely anything don't leave we got prayer ministers here at the altar if you are a new visitor or a new member and you'd like to speak with our new member visitor pastors that's dr scott and pastor pam mullen right up front here come on up and say hi we're going to receive our seed offering for some if you came in late, you might want to drop your tie. That's all good.